WRFI Community Radio News is made possible by listeners like you. Help us tell important stories about your community. Head to WRFI.org slash donate. Here's tonight's local news for Ithaca and Watkinsville. A press release issued by the Tompkins County Health Department on Friday alerts the public of a potential COVID-19 exposure at BJ's Wholesale Club in Ithaca. The individual who tested positive is an employee at the business and is now in isolation. Any close contacts are also in quarantine. Potential public exposures may have occurred at BJ's Wholesale Club in Ithaca during the following dates and times. Tuesday, November 10th from 7.45 a.m. to 3.45 p.m. Wednesday, November 11th from 1.15 p.m. to 9.15 p.m. Friday, November 13th from 7.45 a.m. to 3.45 p.m. And Saturday, November 14th, 1.15 p.m. to 9.15 p.m. There's also a chance of public exposure on Sunday, November 15th, from 7.45 a.m. to 3.45 p.m. Anyone who thinks they've been exposed at the BJ's Wholesale Club during these dates and times should get tested, as per guided by the Tompkins County Health Department, and monitor themselves for symptoms of COVID-19. More information, and again, to hear the dates and times of the exposure, and learn how to get tested for COVID-19 or see a full list of symptoms, visit TompkinsCountyNY.gov slash health. That's TompkinsCountyNY.gov slash health. Or call 607-274-6688. Again, 607-274-6688. Despite rising numbers of COVID-19 cases in Tompkins County and the country, Ithaca College hopes to bring students back on campus this spring. Ithaca College administrators held a town hall last week to share updates on its reopening plan and any changes IT is looking at for bringing students back to campus. According to the administrators, there will be five scheduled, quote, mini breaks, end quote, or single days off in place of a spring break. 
order to discourage travel from Tompkins County, ICE says they will not provide quarantine housing for those who need to return to campus after traveling during the spring semester. The semester will begin with two weeks of remote classes, according to the Ithaca Voice. In-person classes will commence on February 8th. The moving process will start January 7th, with athletes moving in first. Ithaca College stated that as it has the capacity to give 100 students quarantine housing per week, students can leave quarantine housing after two negative COVID tests. The Ithaca College leaders said the school could provide 400 students quarantine housing over the course of four weeks after the start of classes. Notably, Ithaca College administrators answered questions about the growing amount of staff layoffs at the school, according to the Ithaca Voice. Looking at the local COVID-19 caseload, the latest numbers released yesterday from the Tompkins County Health Department indicate that there are 25 additional positives and 42 new recoveries. According to the County Health Department, that leaves 133 active cases of COVID-19 in Tompkins. In Schuyler County, there are 23 new cases of COVID-19 reported as of today, leaving 38 active cases in the county according to their health department. Eight are hospitalized with complications from the novel coronavirus. Three people were sent to the hospital on Friday after sustaining injuries from a home invasion on the 800 block of North Cayuga Street in Ithaca. IPD arrived at the location after reportedly hearing that multiple people were hitting an individual. According to the Ithaca Voice, the dispute occurred amid an interrupted home invasion. After an initial investigation, police decided that one of the perpetrators entered the building by force and approached the victims before starting a fight with them. The Ithaca Police determined that three individuals suffered injuries and all sustained stab wounds. The three men who were injured were taken to regional trauma centers for non-life-threatening injuries. Investigation into the incident is ongoing. Ithaca commuters using the TCAT bus system are reminded that TCAT will not be running any buses on Thursday, this Thanksgiving Day, November 26th. The Ithaca Voice reports that TCAT administrative offices will be closed on Thanksgiving Day and will reopen on Friday. Bus services will resume on Friday, November 27th, with a modified schedule. Further that, the winter bus schedule will start two days later on Sunday, November 29th. All schedules can be found on their website, tcatbus.com. New York Senate Democrats are one seat away from winning the supermajority. This power allows the Senate to reject vetoes made by the governor. The state Senate and Democratic governor are in, are in agreement on many issues, but they differ on matters such as the state's budget deficit. New York now reports that the supermajority could give the Senate an edge over the governor when it comes to decision-making. Democrats achieved multiple victories in Senate districts after absentee ballots were counted. Although multiple races are yet to be called because of absentee ballot counting, the Senate race between Senator Pete Harkin and former Westchester County Executive Rob Espino could potentially secure the supermajority for Democrats, that is, if Harkin wins. 
absentee ballots are now favoring Harcum as of now. Republican senators held a large lead initially over Democrats in terms of in-person voting, but absentee ballots have given Democrats an already sizable majority in the state legislature. This confirms that Democrats will hold a majority in the Senate for next year, and they also hold a majority in the state assembly. In New York State news, the State Office of Renewable Energy Siting is holding a series of public hearings on draft regulations for public participation in the Clean Energy Project siting process. Andrew Sears with the Public News Service reports. New York State is hoping to speed up the process of evaluating sites for clean energy projects. The Office of Renewable Energy Siting is holding public hearings around the state on draft regulations for the evaluation of proposed wind and solar energy projects. Under the existing rules, applications often are shuffled back and forth multiple times for revision and clarification before approval can be granted and work can begin. According to Joanne Scanlon with supporters of Horseshoe Solar near Rochester, the new rules would streamline the application process and put them on a timeline for action. They'll review the whole thing, they'll return it, and then have public response, and then make that decision, which they have to do once a completed application is submitted. It would be just 60 days. She says a decision on the project would be issued within a year, and if no decision is issued, approval is automatic. Approval of the new rules is sparking public debate. Last year, residents of Coxsackie passed an ordinance banning solar installations, citing damage to property values and spoiled views. But Giuseppina Agovino, who raises sheep, says the ban hurts farmers. We have landowners here who are in their 80s who were counting on their land to retire, and now they have nothing left because the climate change makes farming here impossible. The Flint Mine Solar Project would pay her for land use while her sheep continued to graze among the solar panels, keeping her farm going and providing income to hire farm help. Scanlon acknowledges that some communities are concerned that the new rules could short-circuit their role in the approval process for large-scale clean energy projects, and she thinks the state could be doing more to educate the public. If the state were able to have direct communication with the communities involved, then I think that would go a long way toward really getting buy-in from the communities. There are hearings scheduled through November 30th. A schedule is available online at ores.ny.gov events. For New York News Connection, I'm Andrea Sears. And the Trump campaign is running out of legal options as more states certify. More on the latest U.S. election news, courtesy of the Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Welcome to 2020 Talks, where we track the 2020 elections in uncharted territory. The nation has spoken. We have to come together in peace and in unity, and we have to walk together. And I will hope and I will urge my former colleagues in the State House and the State Senate to put down their arms and join with the democracy of America. With Michigan State Board of Canvassers deciding today whether to certify their election, Flint Mayor Sheldon Neely and other community leaders and pastors asked state leadership to reject claims of voter fraud. Over the weekend, the Republican state and national parties requested a 14-day delay in state certification. This despite Michigan Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirkey and Michigan House Speaker Lee Chatfield, both Republicans, saying they had no information that would change the outcome of the election after President Trump personally lobbied them last week. Other senior GOP lawmakers are also starting to condemn Trump's attempts to overturn the election results. 
it feels like more and more are beginning to speak out, but this, this is not a partisan issue anymore. We have never seen a politician try to subvert the will of the voters in this fashion. More Republican officials need to come forward, says Vanita Gupta, president of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights. Pennsylvania certification deadline is also today. A federal judge dismissed the most recent Trump campaign lawsuit there with a withering critique, saying no evidence of election fraud or misconduct was even presented. Rudy Giuliani, Trump's lawyer, said the ruling helps their strategy to get the case expeditiously to the Supreme Court. Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law President Kristen Clark calls the post-election litigation an affront to democracy. We are literally seeing one of the biggest post-election attempts to disenfranchise voters in mass in modern time. And she says the racial motivation underlying many of the lawsuits is undeniable. It's not accidental that the public conversation around these suits continues to focus on the Atlanta metropolitan area, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and other places that are home to large numbers of voters of color. Nevada's deadline is tomorrow. Georgia certified their presidential votes last week after a hand recount and an audit. But taxpayers there will now pay for a third count to start next week at the request of the Trump campaign. The FBI and Georgia Bureau of Investigations are responding to threats made against Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, a Republican, and other election staff who stand behind the integrity of their election. Undeterred, hundreds of pro-Trump protesters gathered in Atlanta on Saturday for a so-called Stop the Steal rally, demanding that state officials call the election for Trump. On Twitter, Trump has called on state legislatures to intervene on his behalf. Trump typically uses his personal account, which is often retweeted by the official presidential handle at POTUS. Twitter announced that White House handle will automatically transfer to President-elect Joe Biden the moment he takes the oath of office on Inauguration Day. Biden's first cabinet picks are expected tomorrow. From Pacifica Network and Public News Service, I'm Mary Sherman. Thanks for listening. And that concludes our headline news for tonight. Coming up, we'll speak with the newly elected Assemblywoman for New York's 125th District, Anna Kellis. That's after the break, right here on WRFI Community Radio News. Stay with us. Savitt. And tonight we have the pleasure of being joined live by Tompkins County Legislator Anna Kellis, who is also the newly elected Assemblywoman for New York's 125th District. Well, first of all, Anna, welcome back to the show and congratulations. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you, as always. Yeah, of course. And um, you know, we've been, we were just talking uh, a little bit before we went on air and just saying how, you know, I've been in the local news industry for a while now and we've been, you know, talking since like what, 2017. So, 
no, no, way before that. Even before I think I was elected, and when I was doing environmental and advocacy work. And and so it's yeah. it's really um, you know it's really cool to see how a very crowded field um, has brought us to where we are today. And you know now your road to Albany is just eight weeks away. So you know you know in a in like how could you describe you know what you're feeling right now like in a nutshell? Um, you know I, I think that everything. A cyclone in my stomach would be really good. Um, you know, the combination of extremely excited, determined, driven, tired, <laughs> all of that, <laughs> nervous, uh, it, it's all there for sure. Um, but this is going to be an incredible year, both for challenges uh, as well as opportunities. I don't know if you heard today, but Andrea Stewart Cousins just announced that uh, officially there is a supermajority in the Senate. So now the Senate and the Assembly both have supermajorities. So um, that will, will shift the balance of power in, in state government. And uh, we'll see what, what can move forward. And that is breaking news right here on our program. We, I, we didn't hear the update, I suppose, that um, there's now the supermajority. I know it was by just one seat. Uh, I think yeah. this, of this as of this morning. So, well, thanks for bringing that update to us, Anna. Um, Absolutely. And so, um, you know, let's let's talk first a little bit about your priorities for the assembly, and then I would really love to take a few minutes to talk about your time as a legislator. I think you've you've been um, you know serving Tompkins County's uh, second district for so many years that I think. Um, folks would want to hear about you know, your thoughts on leaving that position. But first, let's talk, you know, forward, forward thinking. And um, I know you put out an acceptance statement uh, upon uh, winning the election for the 125th uh, Assembly District. Um, and you prioritized five areas in that statement, and one was health care justice. And uh, as you know, the proposed New York Health Act has been in the legislature for nearly 20 years. And we've talked about this before in previous interviews. So now that you uh, have won the seat in the assembly, what do you think you can do specifically to get that bill passed and signed by Governor Cuomo? Well, I, I think that the statement that I just made is really a game changer as far as that conversation is concerned because um, – you know, any veto, uh, the the legislature can now um, uh, counter in a way that you could not previously. Um, you can overturn a veto. So uh, I, I spoke to an uh, incoming senator, um, Jabari Bridgeport, uh, downstate, who has been a, a very outspoken advocate for the New York Health Act, um, the, the, the head of the Senate Health Committee, um, Gustavo, Gustavo Rivera has also been in support of it. Um, Dick Godfrey, who's the chair of the Health Committee and the Assembly, obviously you know, wrote the bill and has been pushing it for 20 years. He's been in the longest sitting legislator. I think he's been in for 50 years. Um, so there's some very strong proponents um, that I would be joining. Um, and uh, you know, I think that this year is really the um, – the opportunity that we've been waiting for. One, it's really important uh, because of the pandemic um, that people are not going bankrupt because they have COVID. 
um, so that everybody is covered and, uh, you know, recovering from a, an economic recession, um, we know that it will, from the assessments that have been done, it will also save the state funding. So from an economic perspective and a health perspective, this year is the year uh, to really push it. And there's, you know, there's, there's growing support, so I'm hopeful. Um, you know, that's, of course, my stance on the health care, uh, and that was one of my five platforms. And so, and we've spoken on in our past interviews um, amid the road through this election um, about how the COVID-19 pandemic really motivated voters um, and has motivated um, different people running for political office to make more change uh, in the 125th uh, district. Um, so how else do you plan to use your role as Assemblywoman to help our district recover from you know, the economic fallout from the pandemic and, you know, recovering health-wise? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, there have been things that I have uh, discussed throughout my campaign, and I think it's really important that campaigns are not just rhetoric, they're not um, poetry. Um, you know, there are the issues that I really do want to focus on um, as I enter into the assembly. Um, housing is a huge issue here in the county and um, and in the district. And there are efforts at the state level um, for rent relief, um, but also making sure to support um, small landlords. And uh, those initiatives are ones that I'm talking actively with my colleagues about. Um, and, and it's certainly one of the areas that I want to focus on. Um, you know, green, green uh, jobs and workforce development is also a huge component um, that I will be focusing on when I get there. And, uh, you know, I'd love to see those funds uh, make it to this district um, for workforce development um, and support for, you know, our local uh, areas of higher education, PC3, of course. Um, and uh, both these, those are two areas um, in combination, hopefully in partnership with our unions, uh, to really uh, create a robust system of workforce development in the green, uh, green infrastructure, green economy. So there, there are key areas. Um, additionally, one that I focused on also is um, child care. And uh, the, there is a task force, Cuomo had a, has a task force that is supposed to give its, um, after two years, uh, its final recommendations um, for early education and child care. Um, and we actually in this district have one member uh, resident who is on that task force, uh, Kelly Tilden, who is the director of the YW in, in Cortland. Um, and she's been very helpful, um, as has Sue Dale Hall, in informing me on ways to support child care uh, funding which we desperately need uh, for our families in, in the district. Mm -hmm. And thank you, thank you, Anna. So if you're just joining us, we're in conversation with Anna Callis. She is the newly elected assemblywoman for New York's 125th district. And Anna, you're also a Tompkins County legislator serving Ithaca's second district. So, and, and of course, um, you know, you're gonna be remaining you're going to continue being a resident of Tompkins County, as you were saying, um, you know, living in the district that you're serving. But I'm sure that it will be a huge transition stepping away from a five-year position as a hyper-local legislator. 
um, to um, you know a larger district. What are your thoughts on um, you know leaving your job as a legislator in Tompkins? Yeah, it's it's I, I've become very nostalgic in the last month. To be honest, um, it has been a phenomenal experience um, for personal growth, professional growth, but deeply personal growth. Um, you know, facing all my own weaknesses, my own challenges, just to to fight for the community and fight for the things that I believe in. Um, I am who I am today because of my experience with the county legislature, and I will never forget that. And I also think it's really important to be grounded in local government. Um, you know, I'm one of the few legislators that will be stepping in with uh, extensive local government experience. And um, being a county legislator, uh, you know, a lot of the social services are administered through counties, uh, mental health, uh, public health, um, you know, library systems, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, the, the um, uh, criminal justice system. You know, these are issues that I have been deeply involved in here, um, our environmental uh, outreach. And, um, and, you know, that has been those experiences I will take with me to the state, and I think that I will be stronger for it. Um, and where, what I will focus on, you know, certainly will be um, – with in mind how it will impact the, the local governments here. So it's in my heart. It certainly will, will, will stay with me. Thank you so much. Do you have, uh, we have about 15 seconds. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners here, Elena? Oh, just that I, you know, I'm here. Um, I will be continuing in uh, the, in Barbara Liston's office, um, you know, Thank you to Barbara Liston for her incredible leadership and um, and her support as I you know tra- as we transition. Um, and uh, you know my intention is to stay very engaged in the community. And so people know how to find me. Um, open heart, open mind, and and my ears are here um, for the community. Anna Tellis, she is the newly elected Assemblywoman for New York's 125th district and the outgoing. Uh, second District Tompkins County Legislator. Thank you so much for being with us today, and again, congratulations. Thank you so much, and thank you for all the work you do. I really appreciate it. I'm sure we will continue to speak as you make your way to Albany in just uh, two short months, uh, and then as you continue to pave your way there. Thank you. Thank you. Many sleepless nights for all of us, (laughs) but I think we're getting used to it. (laughs) It'll It'll be an adventure. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you so much. Yeah. And that will do it for our program today. The headlines at the top of our show were written by WRFI contributors Fred Balfour and news intern Christian Matry. Our live interview was produced uh, by yours truly, with special thanks to WRFI contributor Fred Balfour. Christian Matry was my co-anchor today, and I'm Michaela Savitt, WRFI news director and executive producer for our program. If you have a question, tip, or comment for the news team, you can reach our re- team of reporters at news at, Ithaca dot, news at ithacaradio.org or call or text us at 607-441-9734. Back tomorrow night and every weekday evening at 6 with more of the stories impacting our communities. On behalf of the entire WRFI news team, take care of you all. Have a good evening. Thank you.
One, two, three. W R F I.